0: Hey guys, and welcome. Great to see you all today. We're in this foundation series at the moment, and so far we've covered two core foundations, the presence of God and the goodness of God, that God's a good, good father. And these foundations, they're core to our lives. When they're healthy, we can build high and strong, and when they're weak, they're going to limit us. And I'm so excited that God has asked us to do this series because it means... He wants to build something in us. He wants to build something in us and through us that's strong, tall, big. Today's title is The Kingdom of God, that we would be kingdom-minded people. And here's today's big idea. You are a citizen of a kingdom. You are a citizen of a kingdom. Now, we can't see the kingdom per se. We see some of the effects, healings, things like that. But there's no houses of parliament. There's no legislative council buildings. So it can be quite easy to start living as if the kingdom is a picture to help us understand our faith. And that's kind of where we're challenging ourselves today because it isn't a picture. It isn't a metaphor. It is a reality. Do we live with a kingdom mindset? Is the kingdom real to you? Or is it just this kind of metaphorical concept to help us understand our faith better? What we wanna do today is lay this foundation of living with a kingdom mindset as a citizen of a real kingdom, a real kingdom. Let's turn the clock back. King Nebuchadnezzar, king of the world superpower at the time, the Babylonian empire, he once had a dream and he called all of his magicians together and he told them that he needed them first to tell him what the dream was and then to interpret the dream and no one could do it. So he says, I'm gonna kill everybody. But Daniel says, hang on a minute, stop. And Daniel did it, Daniel. And the dream was about a statue with a head of gold, a chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, legs of iron, and feet of mixed iron and clay. Then a rock is cut out without human hands, and it strikes the feet of mixed iron and clay, and the whole statue is destroyed. And like chaff in the wind, statues blown away. Then Daniel explains that the gold is the Babylonian Empire. He says, the head of gold's you. Nebuchadnezzar, the head of gold's you. And the rest of the statue, he begins to explain that these subsequent empires that hadn't come at that time. The dream speaks of these future empires. And it's so accurate that some scholars find it hard to believe that Daniel's written when it's written, that it was written as a prophetic book, not written in hindsight. The silver chest and arms. It speaks of the Medo-Persian Empire that would conquer the Babylonian Empire in 539 BC. The bronze empire, the belly and the thighs. It says in in Scripture, it says it will rule over the whole earth. Who defeated the Persians? If you've seen the film Alexander, you'll know Alexander the Great. The Greco-Macedon Empire that stretched from Europe to India, the largest the world had seen. But that empire was then swept away by another, legs of iron, feet of iron and clay. The Roman Empire, tough, strong like iron, ruthless, but ultimately weakened and destroyed by divisions. We find years later in the Rome, in Rome's history, Emperor uh, Constantine ends up moving the capital from Rome to Constantinople, their city named after him and the whole empire begins falling apart. And it's during the time of this last empire, the Romans, Daniel says this in Daniel 2, and 45, it says, "'In the time of those kings, "'the God of heaven will set up a kingdom "'that will never be destroyed, "'nor will it be left to another people. "'It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end, "'but it will itself endure forever. "'This is the meaning of the vision of the rock "'cut out of a mountain, but not by human hands, "'a rock that broke the iron, the bronze, the clay, "'the silver, and the gold to pieces.'" see growing up with this imagine the jews growing up with this it's easy to get why so many people missed what god was doing when jesus was on the earth they expected this conquering empire from god god to set up this kingdom with a king but it isn't what anyone expected the rock that daniel speaks about cut out without human hands that strikes the empires of the world is jesus Isaiah prophesies about Jesus, prophesies about his kingdom. And he says this in Isaiah 9, 6 to 7, it says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father prince of peace of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end he will reign on david's throne and over his kingdom establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever jesus the king of a kingdom that once established would never fall the eternal kingdom the kingdom of god how do we know jesus was a king Jesus said he was a king. In John eighteen thirty six, says, Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. But is that just some heavenly kingdom? Is it just some heavenly kingdom that we kind of go off to when we, when we die? No. When you make christ your king you enter the kingdom colossians 1 verse 13 says for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves the kingdom is present when you come to faith in him you enter his kingdom we have been brought into the kingdom The same kingdom prophesied by Isaiah, spoken of by Daniel. This kingdom of God that has been established and will never, ever pass away. That is growing and filling the whole earth. That is what we have been brought into. That is what you belong to, what you live in. You see, the kingdom isn't a parable or a picture to help us kind of understand our faith better. Jesus told parables to explain the kingdom, The kingdom of heaven is like, the kingdom of heaven is like. But the kingdom is real. It is not a story. It is a real deep reality that you are part of today. Ephesians 2.19 says, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. We haven't just been brought into the kingdom as kind of these welcome strangers. We have been made citizens of that kingdom. And that is significant that we're not foreigners in this kind of Godland, but that we are citizens of it. We're citizens. It's significant because a citizen has rights, a foreigner doesn't. A citizen has rights, a foreigner doesn't are you a citizen in the kingdom but you're living as a foreigner Are you a citizen that's living as a foreigner if we don't understand Jesus's kingship and our citizenship in his kingdom it can make many of the awesome promises that Jesus made towards us hard to understand hard to accept sometimes hard to even know they exist Having this foundation of the kingdom completely reframes our logic. It helps us renew our minds towards God, towards how God works towards us. We move from saying things like, it's too good to be true. That's awesome, but I don't get it. To really just living in this new order of things. Imagine a person who grows up in a country where even if you're dying, the hospital won't treat you. If you can't pay then you move to another country that has completely free healthcare for all a country that believes whether you can pay or not every human has the right to health care that person who's moved needs to change their thinking needs to renew their mind this new country changes their expectancy or it should this new country has a whole different way of doing things but if that person lives like they did in their old country without expectancy, without standing on their right for healthcare, then it's not gonna benefit them anything because they're living like a foreigner in the land. That is like us, but to an even greater degree. We have been rescued from the dominion of darkness and brought into the kingdom of the beloved Son of God. Don't tell me the, the citizenship or the life is the same between the dominion of darkness and the kingdom of the sun it's different it's different our expectancies should be different the life should be different you see even when god gets us into the kingdom the enemy will lie deceive and trick all in an attempt to make you live as if the kingdom isn't real or a fairy tale or just a picture or just some place in the sky that you get to go to when you die But Jesus established his kingdom and he brought you into it and he made you a citizen of it. He calls us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are to be bringers of the kingdom. We are ambassadors of the kingdom. I now want to go into a few areas that can be impacted by living with this foundation of the kingdom in our lives. But before I do, I want to remind all of you, the kingdom is real. It is here. It's in you. It flows out of you. Jesus didn't come to start a religion. He came to establish his kingdom, to bring life and life in all its fullness. So the first thing I want to share Number one, provision, provision. Jesus says in the gospels to be anxious for nothing, that God cares for the flowers and the birds. So how much more will he care for you, for your needs? Here's a thought for you. The welfare of the citizens is the personal responsibility of the king. Jesus said, I've come so that they may have life and life in all its fullness. That's the heart of a good king, that the provision and welfare of the citizens are cared for by the king. In a similar way, when a person submits to a king and his kingdom, they come under his welfare, the welfare state of heaven. That's why I've often said it's crazy to think God's called us out here For jess and i to be like this and then for us to freak out and worry if we don't have enough it's his bill he's called us here he's given us the vision he's got to provide for it he's got to resource it he's not going to call us into a place where he's not going to give us the provision to accomplish the thing he's called us into it just doesn't make sense how do we know that that's true though how do we know it's true how do we know that's true look at how god used to deal with blessing, how he used to deal with blessing. Deuteronomy 28, verses 1 and 2. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on earth. All these blessings will come on you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. If you obey the Lord your God. The obvious issue with this is we don't always obey the blessings. It's up and down, like a yo-yo all the time, up and down. And we see that throughout the history of Israel. We see it throughout the whole history of Israel, don't we? This is a verse from Deuteronomy, and Deuteronomy means second law. Did Jesus come to abolish the law, or did he come to fulfill the law? He came to fulfill it, right? That our king... Jesus, as a human, lived the perfect life. He fully obeyed all the laws and attained every blessing and defeated every curse. Got that? In Christ the King, Deuteronomy 28, it's fulfilled. That's why he can stand up and he says, ask the Father anything in my name, and it will be done for you. King Jesus, the name in which every blessing is found, the name in which every curse is broken, the whole law is kept and fulfilled can you see the kingdom isn't about earning blessing it's about receiving blessing from the king who has earned all blessing he's freely he freely gives to us who would ask who would live in that place remember the verse that we spoke about from last last week romans 5 17 for if By the trespass of the one man, death reigned through the one man. How much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? It's all because of Christ the King. And concerning provision remember everything from last week about sometimes God withholds what we ask for because we just aren't ready for the blessing we can't handle the blessing it, it would be too much for us it would break us we'd add the maturity for it what I want you to see is that you live as a citizen in a kingdom of blessing where all blessing has been earned by the king and is poured out by grace from the king if we live as foreigners we won't ask or think we can even ask for the favour of the king but Jesus made it abundantly clear that we should ask second point is authority authority if we live as though Christianity is a, just a religion some belief structure more than a kingdom then we're always going to have an issue with authority. I don't mean authority of other people over us. I just mean the the true authority of what comes through the kingdom. We're always going to have an issue of it. It won't be accurate in our minds. Either authority is going to be completely non-existent. It's just a non-thing. It's not something we ever think about. Or rather, we're going to see authority as this kind of conceptual thing, rather than a raw reality of what authority does. Like the guy who's the, wearing the police hat with the little badge on can go out there and stop hundreds of people by just walking into the road and just saying, stop. It's not like if I did that, someone would probably get out and punch me in the face after a while and like get me to move, right? Because I have no authority to do that think on this the king's authority in any kingdom in the world the king's authority is delegated and it's delegated through his name and he can delegate authority to others to his people to act in his name or on his behalf in matthew 28 18 and 19 beginning of 19 jesus says this it says and jesus came and said to them all authority, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore. Go, therefore. Jesus sends us out. He sent the disciples out in his authority, didn't he? He sends us out in his authority. The, the king's authority is this core aspect of our calling in the world. It's a core aspect of our calling in the world. If we if we don't see authority, if we just see the the kingdom as this kind of metaphor and Jesus's authority as a concept. We're never gonna see the stuff that he's called us to actually do because we're not gonna have the tools to actually do it with, right? Because ultimately we get our authority to see hell laid bare, to step into that place, to march out into Hong Kong, to see his kingdom come We have no authority by our own right to walk in that. We get our authority to live as a believer from the king. We get our authority from him. How much authority does Jesus have? How much authority does he have? How much confidence do you have in the authority of Jesus? How much confidence do you have in the authority of your king because you're going to go up against other kings in life and if you think your Jesus is this big then you it's going to seem a pretty big giant it's going to seem terrifying and that guys is a core question it's a core challenge for our hearts is what is Jesus's authority to you it's this faith not in your faith, not in your authority, not not in, in your ability to believe, but your faith in his authority. See, so healing the sick, casting out demons, cleansing the lepers, if you can find any at the moment, right? A lot of that's been eradicated. Seeing miracles. It isn't about our belief, our conviction, us getting red in the face that we've got the faith in us, like I really, really believe that God can do this, and just, just getting really head up about our faith to see the healing, or whatever it is. You know, we can so often fall into the trap of making it really about ourselves and the sickness, or ourselves and whatever the thing is, the miracle, or, or the breakthrough, or the, he, the healing, or whatever it is. Sure, you know, the enemy would love it for it, for it to be just us against him right and then maybe we tack on jesus name at the end i've done it you know i've done it i probably still do it it's a a real god's been teaching me a lot through this but actually the question is a question of authority and just like jesus said in uh, matthew 28 all authority all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me therefore go therefore go right what our issue isn't whether we have the faith enough to see this thing happen. Do you believe the authority of the king is sufficient? See, the thing is, it's true. We deliver the words, right? With a mouthpiece. We deliver the command. As the king has given us authority to act on his behalf, but our confidence can't be in our words. Our confidence can't be in our prayers, our eloquence, even our our belief in how confident we are in ourselves that that thing can happen. Our confidence must be on his authority, on his authority, causing every knee to bow, right? Every knee to bow, every tongue to confess that Jesus is Lord, every sickness to bow the knee before the King. Let me say it in another way. It's not your faith, versus sickness it's Jesus' authority versus sickness and I think it's a very subtle mind shift but it's very powerful you're just speaking on his behalf do you remember there's that time where the disciples try and like heal this guy who's demon possessed and oh, cast out the demon and they, they come to Jesus and say why weren't we able to do that and Jesus says to them you of little faith and then he goes on to say say to them even faith as small as a mustard seed Right? speaks about that doesn't he the smallest of all seeds. what are you speaking about there he's not saying actually it, what it is it, it's in the Greek it's this you have little faith it's this thing of uh, having little confidence it's, it's having this not, not having confidence in Jesus in him that the confidence or the faith is placed somewhere else. See, if we have faith, if we've got belief in Him, if we've got confidence in Him, even as small as a mustard seed, that's why I think you hear people say, I prayed, I felt nothing, I had no thing, but it's just something deep inside them. They just have a confidence in Him. They have a confidence in Him. And they see the miracle. Are we confident in the authority of the King? When we see the kingdom... not a religion the supernatural stuff ceases to be a strange thing because actually our main focus isn't the world when when our main focus is the world uh, and what looks like what's normal in the world then it looks weird and it looks strange and people are amazed by it but actually in the kingdom when our focus is on the kingdom that's just normal that's just sickness bowing the knee to the king in the kingdom that's the kingdom coming in contact with something which isn't of it and the king's rule and authority has to be dominant over that the kingdom comes on earth as in heaven it's what we're just seeing, the kingdom coming and then lastly is this, lastly is one of ownership ownership and this ties into provision a bit as well it's gonna it may mess with your view of stuff a little bit but i think it's very exciting i think it's very freeing it helps to some degree balance that first part that i shared to do with provision um you know if anybody was here or listening on the podcast they're like Woo-hoo, and they're already imagining like this get rich quick god prosperity scheme thing not what i'm talking about okay in a kingdom a king owns everything and a kingdom a king owns everything and he assigns things to people to steward for the good of the kingdom he assigns things to people to steward for the good of the kingdom right you guys are all stewards of various things the challenge within that is to some degree it says that nothing is yours and that can grate sometimes with us right that it's all His, but also because it's all His, everything is available. Everything is available. And it's within that space that suddenly I think we're freed from trying to own everything when everything is our father's already, when everything belongs to the king and we can focus on, okay, God, what is it that you want to do? And we can believe for stepping out into the nuts and into the insanely, just into the insane, insane in the practical, because we don't have the resources for it, right? But he has everything. Moreover, you know, we're not just called citizens of heaven. We're also called children of God heirs aren't we we're part of the household of God and like that story from the prodigal son last week being like we're like the elder brother where everything is ours everything is ours that's staggering when you consider that our father owns everything God's a good father he's got all the resources we need he's got all the provision available He's got all the provision for the visions in your life, for the visions that he's putting in you, for the desires he's putting in you, for seeing the kingdom grow. See, if God owns everything, that means we as his children, we don't need to stress. We don't need to stress about owning everything. You may have noticed that so many people in the world spend a lot of time trying to get a whole bunch of stuff. Right, that you know there's the the people share that that common like axiom like don't give your life why spend your life for this and you can't even take it with you to heaven so this kingdom mindset i think really frees us from our need to own stuff and to control stuff but that doesn't mean owning and controlling stuff is bad it's great god needs us to own and control stuff not at all right But if that's where we find our meaning, if that's where we find our identity, then that's an issue. Because then that actually owns you, and you aren't free. The wrong thing's owning the wrong thing, right? You're owned. The world wants to own stuff. I've been in that place where I want to own it. I want to stamp my name on it, you know? It's not mine, so my name's on it even though maybe in some way I could enjoy and get all the benefit of it, and I don't need to have my name written on the document or whatever. When you get an eternal kingdom mindset, it begins to put everything in perspective, and priorities shift. And this stuff, instead of being something to boost up an ego or an identity, it begins to become a tool for God to use through you for God to bless people with through you. Bless you as well at the same time, right? But you've just got a healthy relationship with it. You see, usually people want this stuff in their own name because it speaks to identity. It gives them meaning and value. Maybe in the eyes of other people. Maybe it's the story they've grown up with, the story of culture. You've got to do this and that and that so you can get and get and get and do this. Many people spend their entire lives focused on amassing great wealth, right? And then die before they get a chance to even enjoy the thing. And I want to stress having lots of stuff isn't the issue. I'm not advocating, you know, just like give everything away. God's got everything anyway, you know? Having a lot of stuff isn't an issue, it's when ownership's the agenda. It's when it has captivated your heart that you're more interested in your glory and what's about your name than his glory and what's about his name. See, if you're a child of God, a citizen of a real kingdom, all things are available to you anyway because they're all his. You're secure in your identity and it ceases to be about you. And it's all about him. I I had this moment the other day where I was looking at this crazy thing, and God said to me, "I don't know if he's going to do it," but he said to me, "I'll give it to you if you ask." And he just began speaking to my spirit. I, don't, I mean, I don't know if I'm going to ask for it, but um, he just began speaking to my spirit in that moment. And it was a it was a just to kind of share openly. It was like a massive house um, in another country, and immediately this thing, I was just like. As soon as you can have something, you suddenly realize that you don't actually want it or need it. And the, my heart just went to this place where God was just revealing to me, actually, look, I can give that to you, but what are you going to use it for? You don't need it. You know, you, you live 10,000 miles away, you know? And it's just like, God, it's so so true. I, I don't need it. I, 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 don't, I don't want it, you know? And then it just made me realize and go on this journey where I was just realizing, well, God, what is... He was just really witnessing i can share i i can give that to you but what are you going to use this for to glorify me see when everything is the king's and your total trust and assurance of your prosperity right your your gladness is because of the king then everything you have is open right it's open and available to bring glory to him challenging right is everything we own open for him do we enter our months paychecks come in saying god what do you want me to give this month sure we're giving we're giving our tithe we're giving the church do you want me to give more do you want me to give to something else god What's going on? I, we went. My Jess and I went through a season where God told us that he, we had to save every month certain amounts just for Him. We're like a savings account, somewhere else. And then eventually, God would say, maybe after so many months, you need to give it to this ministry. Or you need to give that that stuff you've been saving. You need to give it to these people. Right? It was like financially partnering with God, but it's all His. Right? Do we see our bank accounts as our money? Or, really, is money that we steward. And that's the word stewardship. When we see all our talents and our belongings and our stuff and money and resources and all that kind of stuff as something that we steward it's awesome because even actually within that there's eternal blessing that money you can't take with you into eternity there is blessing in the way that you you walk it out and live as a steward in the kingdom it will radically change your approach to so much stuff it will reframe our thinking it will reframe our focus you know if everything is open to you no resource is too great it's not Oh, that's ridiculous of course it's not he owns it and he's god just are you ready to receive it the only limit is us what would you dream to do with god what would you dream if resources just weren't the limit do you have dreams that just seem so big and so crazy and too expensive and too much outside of your ability and resource to achieve that's great because they're dreams that he can get involved in They're dreams that he can resource. They're dreams that he can lead you to achieve. And you know what? Usually to start walking those things out, he's already given you everything you need to get started. My heart for Destiny Church Hong Kong is not this, right? It's far bigger than this. It's far, far grander than this, okay? We couldn't afford to do what's in my head, okay? Sometimes I get a headache with how much stuff there is in there. But God has given everything that we need to get there. You guys, us, our family here. My heart in sharing this is not so that you're going to be like, "Ah, yes, excellent, and then leave here and just like give all your money away. Okay, It's not my heart, although radical generosity is great and maybe you're being called into that kind of space. But my heart in sharing is that you would look at money and stuff and things like that differently. That they aren't things to be hungered and pursued after, right? But actually they're tools that we're given to steward well, to pour through them blessings into the earth. That They're tools that the Lord can bring your way to see the kingdom come and Him glorified. And in amongst all that, you know, you're going to be provided for. The stewards never go hungry, Right? Stewards of a kingdom never never want, they live in the palaces, right? But they never never go without. I challenge you guys, ask God on your personal walk to train you as a steward, whatever that is. And I know I've spoken a bit more on kind of cash at the moment or money, but it could be all sorts of things that you're stewarding. Maybe it's finances, but maybe it's other kinds of resources. Maybe it's space, maybe it's your home. maybe it's actually your time that you're giving in you're giving your time generously in relationship to other people maybe it's something to do with your skills that you're giving to people it's huge it's vast challenge you guys go on that journey go on that journey with him. When I shared our vision a couple of weeks ago, or a few weeks ago, I shared about how I really feel God's calling us to be this kind of channel, to be this, this, as a church, a stewarding church, that one day we could be in that position where we're healthy enough to receive a million in the morning, say, God, are we supposed to keep this, or do you want to send it somewhere else? And then, and just be in that heart to boom, and by the afternoon, having sent it out somewhere completely different even if there's stuff that we need, right? We want we want to be a river, not a pond. Go on a journey of stewardship with him. So having this foundation of kingdom is so important for the way we lead our lives. And I just want to end by reminding us, ultimately, it's all about the king. See, please never think about the kingdom without fixing your eyes on King Jesus, on his throne. He's it's all about him it's all because of him it's all for him you see the king took our welfare as his personal concern and i mean all the resources and stuff like that that's a side issue our big need was being completely lost in darkness lost from his presence unable to enter his eternal kingdom and what did he do he took our concern upon himself And he came to earth and he lived the perfect life and he gave his life so that we could come into that fullness of life in the kingdom. That's your king. That's your king that every morning when you wake up, you live under that abundant grace, that beautiful rule of that king. You're not in the dominion of darkness anymore. You're living under the kingship in the kingdom of the beloved son. And I just want, as Sarah plays, I I just want to ask and challenge anyone here today, or that's listening on the podcast, are you here today or listening and you know that you are not part of this kingdom? But you want to come in. You want to enter in. There is only one way, and it is by making Jesus your king. You can't be in the kingdom without him being your king. If that's you today, if you want to make a decision, if you want to make a commitment to follow the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, if you, want to, if, you, if you want to come under his kingship today, do you just pray this prayer after me? Pray it in your hearts. Dear Lord Jesus, I choose to follow you today. I choose to make you king of my life today thank you for dying on a cross to pay for my sin thank you for bringing me from the dominion of darkness into your kingdom teach me to live as a child of god i give you my life today jesus thank you for saving me today Jesus in your name amen if you prayed that please come and speak to me at the end or send us an email if you're listening on the podcast and guys just as everyone's eyes are closed and we're just in this time of contemplation I just want to challenge you Is there something that he's been speaking to you about as I've been sharing? Engage with that. Is there something he's been calling you into in this area of stewardship that you just felt challenged in your heart in? Speak to him about that now. Ask him to reveal more of that to you. Is there some aspect of sharing, when I shared about authority... If you want to get that more, just ask him, Holy Spirit, just reveal the truth of that and your authority over everything more and more into my heart. Father God, Lord, I thank you for today, God, and Lord, I thank you for the work you've been doing in this place. Holy Spirit, I thank you for the work that you've done in each in our hearts, all in the different individual places that we're at and how you've witnessed to us, how you've grown us. Lord, I pray that you would remind us as we walk through this week that we are citizens of the kingdom, that we are part of God's household. Lord, that we'd walk out this week and when we step out of our doors, we step out in kingdom, in these kingdom minds, Lord always remembering god you are our provider always remembering that you are king of kings and lord of lords and all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to you our king and lord that you own everything oh, that we wouldn't have to hunger after the things of this world god no, but we can just focus on you lord that we can walk out Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just fill each of us afresh today and that the peace, of the Prince of Peace, would go with each of you. I bless you guys in that as you go out of this place. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen.